0: On today's exposé, you're getting a two-for-one, bitch. Girl, you getting a two-for-one. So we're talking about Warlock. Uh, Warlock first showed up in New Mutants number 18 in August of 1984. So he's just a little bit younger than me. Uh, but he was created by Chris <laughs> Claremont and Bill Sinkwitz. Um, Warlock, just like he is in this show, he's part of the Technarchy or the Phalanx. What's interesting with him is... He doesn't really have any powers outside of what his people can do. So he's kind of like Superman in a way. Like if any of the Kryptonians came to Earth, they would all have Superman's powers. So Warlock's kind of the same yeah. where all his people have those powers. But he's still considered a mutant because he has compassion unlike his other people. So that's kind of why he fled. Yeah, so they talk about it in the show briefly. His father is the Magus. And so he's supposed to one day take over for his father. But he's like, no, I actually like people and things and I don't want it. So his father's always kind of like chasing him, trying to get him to step up. But he doesn't want to. Um, So I'll give you um, a little bit on this now, more on it later. So the Phalanx Covenant is very different between the comic and the show. And the reason I say that is because Warlock, it's... uh, well. Warlock is like best friends with Doug Ramsey. So here's your two for one. Doug Ramsey has this power to like know any language. So he's kind of lame in a fight because he's like, I understand what you're (laughs) saying, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Warlock and Doug became really good friends in the New Mutants. And Warlock started kind of like we see in this episode. He would like wrap his body on Doug and like be a weapon for him and protect him which didn't do a lot for Doug's self-esteem. It just made him feel worse. Like, God, I'm lame. But at least I understand you, buddy. (laughs) So, um, eventually, uh, Doug is killed by the animator. It was a very sad time. And Warlock was so distraught. He even, like, it was a little disturbing. He took Doug's body, not fully understanding death, wanting it to, like, reanimate. But, um... Eventually, warlock is also killed actually by cameron hodge who we saw in these episodes cameron hodge is trying to extract his powers and warlock gets killed and so wolfsbane is like well him and doug were such bros let's put his ashes on doug's body so they're buried together this is very important kevin don't give me that face so <laughs> this is where okay. <laughs> um, the phalanx Covenant started because some um, mutinators got a hold of some of Warlock's ashes, which infected them with the techno virus. So that's kind of where it came from. And eventually, so that's the cable yeah, thing. it is the same as the cable thing. Good, good attention. Okay. So then, eventually, yeah. uh, Douglock showed up. Is what they called him because he was like Warlocky with like the technology, but he looked like Doug. So Doug had, um, Warlock had come back with Doug's memories and took on the shape of Doug. Eventually, he turned back into Warlock. Eventually, Doug comes back. Also, I won't get too far into the weeds, but that's <laughs> kind of your history of Warlock and kind of the tragedy and happiness that is Warlock and the kind of zaniness that's Warlock. Because he is very much like this where he changes shape and does crazy like things like we saw in, uh, in the cartoon. Yeah, okay. Fun Ooh. fact, if the New Mutant movies had keep, kept on going because it was supposed to be a trilogy, uh, Warlock was going to be, I think, in the second one, they said, which I could really see how he would lend uh, himself to, like, a horror-type story if, like, they don't understand yeah, yeah, who he is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I go I want to go. Gene! Scott!
1: Gene!
0: Welcome to this week's Solving for X. My name is Sean. I'm your ultimate excavationist. Ooh, and I'm something of an X fan myself, Kevin. Yay! And we're here to talk about the Phalanx Covenant. Season five. Season Ooh, five. started <laughs> starting. Last 10 episodes. <laughs> Dang. Wow. And Kevin just brought to the table all the exciting things we can do in the future. I'm so excited. I'm not going to say, but I'm so excited. Yeah, secrets. Secret. Yeah, this this is going to go on for a while (laughs) yet. Yeah. (laughs) So so season five. So like we said last episode, a lot has kind of changed. These were kind of tacked on episodes after Beyond Good and Evil. At this point, Larry Houston, since he was told the show is ending, um, he had already committed to being on the Fantastic Four cartoon. So he has left X-Men now yeah and in uh in eric Luwald's book he says that he feels maybe i shouldn't say this yet so i'm gonna say it he feels (laughs) that the pacing of the show suffered a little in season five without larry he feels like larry really Uh, brought something to the show um yeah (laughs) another thing that changed i don't know if you noticed but we don't have i did notice which part it's like there's no previously on X Men. That's it. I was yep. <laughs> like, I,
1: was, I was like, um, "Hello, what? This is this is the whole shtick."
0: I'm like, "It's ruined." I was mad. <laughs> I know. I don't know why they wouldn't just keep it. They took away the whole previously on, but they saw the recap. Yeah. So why not just keep it? Right. <laughs> I mean, you, if you
1: you know you have that
0: sound bite. Just put it in there. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the animation has gone to a new studio. I feel like in these episodes, it's not as apparent, but I think you'll notice it more and more as we go. And Later on. You've okay. kind of already seen it because in the long shot episode, remember that sure. one? Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. the new studio. When they put an image, be- when we put the order in order, uh, when it's between the <laughs> old stuff, then it's like you can really tell. Yeah. Yeah. And No Mutant Is an Island was season five, which we saw. So yeah, yeah you can tell a lot more. <laughs> But there's an episode in this season, Kevin, the animation is so legendarily bad, like they make fun of it in honest trailers. It just cracks me up. I can't wait till we get to it. Is it the Jubilee one? I don't know. I've never watched it before. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, shall we get started? Oh, yeah. All right, so last week's previously on was who would you have wanted to lead the X-Men? Gambit, Rogue, Wolverine are beast. How do you think this went down? I think people were probably agreed with us for Rogue. Cause it's it's a no-brainer for me. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of thought like Wolverine would give Rogue a run for her money, but um, let's see how it turned out. So Gambit got three percent of the votes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody thinks Gambit's no, no. capable. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, too lousy <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine got 8% of the votes. Uh, Beast got 27% of the votes. And Rogue mm. got 62%, 23 yeah. votes for Rogue. So Yeah. <laughs> people like them some Rogue. <laughs> I was just... I don't know why this crossed my mind, but I was just... While I was getting ready to record with you, I was thinking... I feel like if you ask any X-Fan, like maybe his 5 or 10 favorite X-Men... Everybody's going to have at least Rogue, Gene, or Wolverine. I feel like those three are givens. Like every X-Fan likes at That's least one true. of them. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like uh, with our listeners, we have a lot of Iceman fans because we gay. we <laughs> had <That's laughs> sexual.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you it's go. Like if, you were to, if you were to Iceman, before, when he come, came out as gay, you're like, yes, Man, I love him. <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to be shot. All right, let's go. <laughs> so, um, fun fact, too. So, this episode came out over a year after Beyond Good and Evil, because, I mean, it was last minute, and they had to animate and write and everything, but this one actually aired on the same night, September 7th, 1996, as part two. So, it was a double feature. Very nice. Very nice. And it was written by Stephen Melching and David McDermott. I couldn't really find. I'll try to research more for next week, but it was hard finding a director. Larry Houston is still credited for this episode and all of season five on uh, IMDb, but he did not do it. So the secret director is weird. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) All right. Police are locked in battle with Joe's calamari truck. Something bangs on the walls from within. It's sabertooth. He leaps at that coppers. <laughs> so fun fact, I noticed this. This is a little inside joke right here because one of the executive producers of the show is Joe Calamari. <laughs>
1: and you know what? I, I was having flashbacks to our Dax episode because they had Calamari on the wall. It was like, Calamari 79, whatever. Yep. And so <laughs> I had that in my notes.
0: I didn't know why, but I'm like, I, it reminded me of something. so Because that was also, I think, an inside joke for Joe Calamari, if I remember right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> look at you paying attention. You might just do well on this quiz after all. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Meanwhile, Jubali is riding in the Blackbird with Beast. The two are on their way to confront Sabretooth. Beast explains that Xavier purposefully did not send Wolby because of how much of a deal he gets around Sabretooth. They
0: got some history, girl. And they're all out of Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, really, Professor, out of all the x when you're going to send Beast and Jubilee. Like, Beast can at least stand up to him, but Jubilee. Yeah. And I know. Like, She's like, okay. Like, get her out of the house. I need something. I, need, I need her to stop messing around with stuff. <laughs> She's eating too many chili fries. We're all out of chili fries. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she keeps asking everybody questions. Like, shut up already, girl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if she blows up one more fucking VCR, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> All right, back at the showdown, Sabretooth continues to assail the cops. I like the word assail. It's related to <laughs> an assassin. Yes. The Blackbird comes around and unleashes tranquilizing gas on Sabretooth and the citizens. Beast brings the Blackbird down for a landing. So this makes sense, like, why those two got sent, because they just knocked everybody out anyway, so it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I put a note here though. I feel like in today's climate, like how political would this be? <laughs> yeah. It's a it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I feel like people would be like, oh mutants knocked this out, they did stuff to us, or they didn't have my consent to knock me out and save me from saber tooth. Like it would be crazy. It would be, it's so I mean, people are so sensitive now, like so super sensitive where
1: it's like really unfortunate. <laughs> yeah it's like dude just be grateful yeah exactly (laughs) they stopped something bad without destroying a bunch of stuff it's like you
0: know snow white didn't have consent to be kissed i'm like shut up (laughs) you know what's funny about that when i researched it is it was kind of an off the cuff like joke that uh somebody wrote in their like thesis kind of But uh, I think the other side kind of took it and ran with it, just to be like, look how ridiculous they are. They're not happy with anything. So it blew up into much more than it should have been.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Scene four. I went to scene three, oops. Okay, scene four.
0: (laughs) Back at the manor, Beast carries in a prone. Prone. Just means, like, prone, knocked out or, like, not... Moving okay, I was thinking of like prone to affectation. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I think it was <thinking laughs> like a anyway. Uh, Beast carries in a prone saber tooth. He explains to Xavier that they can't keep him here indefinitely. Xavier agrees. He says he'll try mind work on Sabes one more time, but if it don't work, he's going to turn that sucker in. <laughs> they throw <laughs> Sabes in a cell. And Beast tells them not to worry. The sedative will last eight more hours. And Jubilee is like obsessed with this. She's like, eight more hours? And she's like, guess what, everybody? (laughs) He'll be knocked out for eight more hours. Storm, (laughs) did you hear?
0: (laughs) He'll be out there for a long time. (laughs) We can do anything to him. Right. Isn't that amazing? As they walk
1: away, Sabretooth wakes up and looks on uh, a machine. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm awake, y'all.
0: I'm awake. <laughs> Alright. Back in the war room, a golden light showers over the computers. I purposely use certain words there to evoke certain thoughts. <laughs> the same mechanical looking stuff in Sabretooth spreads throughout the computers. We see that Sabretooth is the cause of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, one thing I'll say, like, I'm this is to me, I was telling Kevin before we started recording, this was like one of the first comics that I read when I was young. I guess not one of the first, but I remember they were pretty early on. I got two of the Phalanx Covenant comics. So, I have like a very soft spot for the story. And so I'll talk about how I think it translated at the end. But one of the things I really like so far is um, it pays tribute to the fact that Sabretooth was locked up by the X-Men when everything started. And he was a big part. So I like that they kind Mm. of um, had it start like this. So I'll just say that for now.
1: Okay, okay. (laughs) Mm.
0: Upstairs!
1: Jubilee explains the save stitch to Storm. Yeah, we talked about this. <laughs> 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 they happen upon Logan, who demands to know where his saber tooth is. He's like, where is he? Ah, la, la, la. <laughs> he runs in on Professor X and Rogue. And yeah, because Rogue's like, he's in the gem. <laughs> <laughs> Jubilee's like, he's in the gem. <laughs> and like, yeah. Um, and then he runs in on Professor X and Rogue, and Rogue is like very much 80s, like the the machine where you have the thing. And she's like, I'm lifting this bar. And then Professor X in his purple tank. I was like, okay, <laughs> Professor X. <A." laughs> and he's like doing flips. He's like gymnast. He's like, you know, he's on the yep. beams. Wolfie once saves, out, get him out of here. Wolverine stabs the wall and then announces, I will be babysitting saves as long as he's here.
0: By the way, I thought this was funny, and I'm sure he'll get a kick out of this. So uh, Ryan Yorio, who said that we mentioned him in every episode since he's been on. So this is your (laughs) customary fourth episode mention, Ryan. He wrote in and said that he thought it was hysterical when we were talking with Kixie Vixen. And she's like, "Nito, What's a Neato? Because <laughs> we have all these, um, I didn't really think about it. We have all these nicknames yeah. for people. But like, yeah. if you're not a listener, you may not pick up on all these stupid nicknames. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: we're, just, we're just so close. Our bedside like, hey, baby. You know, it's very baby. much that.
0: So... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm all right. flustered in here. I know. <laughs> I'm throw my coffee on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Sabretooth continues to gently techno fuck the War Room computers with his mind. <laughs> he gets full access to the computers and begins spying on the X Men. Gambit is playing basketball, and those cutoffs we all know. Aww. <laughs> And I thought it was funny (laughs) Kixie mentioned those too last episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here's looking at you Kixie makes That's what the past Sean wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Wolverine appears at Sabe's cell. He taunts Logan with Silver Fox. Wolverine sniffs the air and decides this ain't no Sabretooth. He opens the cage and jumps in for the kill. So. Yeah. I said 90s moment. Man. You got me. 90s moments. Because uh, Gambit playing basketball in those cutoffs with that long ass ponytail, very fucking shirtless. Don't forget the shirtless. 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 That's something. And I had that, that in my notes. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, it may have been only a few comics, but I feel like he was always doing that in the 90s comics. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm not and complaining, like, Monami. Flip the
1: ponytail. He's very,
0: very Dixie <laughs> Kong yeah oh i want to play that now i love dixie kong she's <laughs> <is> my favorite <laughs> i'd always make uh stephanie be diddy and i was always dixie and i was like oh well i'm gay <laughs> i just love to like glide around like wee Oh no, knock you back with my hair get out of the way <laughs> like yeah i
1: will blow my bubble gum
0: uh, yeah <laughs> so i wanted to say i noticed something here just to add credence to art of lucas's claim on saber being naked. If you notice Sabertooth's ears right here, they are like pristine. Like you can see every nook and cranny. When you're wearing like spandex, you cannot see an ear in that detail. Oh. So this man is naked. Good for you, Art of Lucas, for noticing this. I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. <now. laughs> it's,
1: I mean, I'm not gonna complain. Why not? Oh, naked. Why not? <laughs> Sabretooth is a nudist. Yes, you know. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this whole like um technological takeover, I expect I wanted like a Daft Punk
0: like soundtrack underneath it. <laughs> you know what's funny is I've already decided that's the song that I'm putting up with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Technologic. <laughs> yeah. Technologic. That's totally what should we should be playing in this. Yeah. I love that we both picked
1: up on that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so great. Oh, me. Okay. Yep. In Xavier's study, a distress call comes in. A man with a robotic-sounding voice and a gay sparkle cape is sending a distress call. And like, because they had him just like kind of like in the silhouette. I'm like, oh, I know that silhouette. That's sinister, obviously. Right. Um, (laughs) It's like, they need help. Xavier just can't figure out who this person is. Hello? Show yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Except they seem sinister. <laughs> just then, the picture clears, and it is Mr. Sinister. How was he Gas, I was so shocked. Uh, he declares that his base is under attack, and his men have been taken down. It's like, Professor! Sinister <laughs> tells Xavier, the nemesis can take any shape, and there's no way to stop it. Sinister warns Xavier of something behind him. Behind you! It's very much the scream. Like, <laughs> he's watching the screen, Is it going to get you? Um, <laughs> and then Xavier is grabbed by a techno-tentacle of doom.
0: Whoa! Whoa. He goes, <laughs> ah! You know, this? Like Xavier scream. Meanwhile, uh, Mr. Sinister's like, Professor! Professor! <laughs> professor! Yeah. But you just keep saying that? <laughs> It's like, hello? <laughs> Are you still there? <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, Beast is enjoying some jazz on his wired headphones. <laughs> he suddenly notices the record player turn into a machine and it attacks him. Beast pulls some fancy evasive maneuvers and makes his getaway. The phalanx attacker plugs herself into the walls and spreads her technicals, I call them technicals now, through the walls. <laughs> Beast enters the foyer to see the rest of the team encased in strange techno bubble thingies. Wolverine is still fighting one off, but it overpowers him and puts him in a bubble. Beast narrowly escapes to the upstairs loft. 90s moment. You got me. 90s moments yeah wired headphones there it is even though i feel yeah. like they were very prevalent through like the beginning of the 2000s like till 2000 sure. what 15? Oh, yeah. but right. now we have no choice <laughs> yeah i thought it was so fancy when i got the like the
1: earbuds i'm like and i think this is before the ipad ones so i'm like Oh, see, oh, my are invisible. You can't
0: even see them. Yeah. And then now like, everybody has, like everywhere, They're everywhere you turn. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Sometimes, like, I've been on planes before where I'm having trouble with Bluetooth, and I'm like, I just wish I could plug in a fucking wired headphone. <laughs> like, I miss <laughs> them sometimes. Yeah. Right. I,
1: I do carry them with me at all times, just in case I need them. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And I have an adapter um, now, but I never use it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why? It's just too much. Yeah. Anyway, um,
1: Beast here. I was feeling so many things. I'm like, you are agile as fuck. And I love it. Like, (laughs) you run from that. We run from those techno technicals. Yes. Run. Fly. Jump. Ooh. I'm like, okay, Beast. I'm like, let's go. (laughs) Yeah.
0: He's pretty cool. Like, to think that it even got Wolverine, but not Beast. Like, that just shows how much more agile he is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But also Wolverine, and I think this is a good, like, something to point out to lend credence to our argument last week. Wolverine just goes berserk the minute he sees Sabretooth. So if he's leading the X-Men, like, no, girl. You got to keep it cool. But, like, Beast is able to get through all this.
1: (laughs) He can, he really, he can work out every, the best possible way. He uses a scientific, mathematical distance and stuff's too. And he's like, do, do, do. and like, um, what is he like? Like, where's like, like, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah, laughs> <laughs> was like, yeah, Wolverine is too hot headed. He's just like, he's in one, one focus in mind and can't think anywhere else outside of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Beast scurries to his room and grabs a backpack. Cause I, I even has time to do that. <laughs> uh, the phalanx has caught up to him. Th- caught up to him though he throws a bomb and explodes her before jumping out the window oh! <laughs> out front Reese is confronted by six scientists and hazard suits like come with us we can help you and he's like hmm but how did they get here there's no cars because i'm so smart bitch and then <laughs> <laughs> like, um no vehicles uh, and he's he's like i gotta get out of here suspects the scientist be the phalanx he's like boom nope And then he steals Wolverine's Jeep and bounces. Yep. He's like, I'm I'm sure he won't mind in this
0: situation. (laughs) And Beast's room is huge. Like, I almost was like, this can't be his room. But it is. There's a bed. There's, like, the bar that he practices on. Like, it's huge. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. As he's driving away, Beast sees the phalanx bitch. He's happy to know he ditched her when suddenly a Phalanx pops up from his back seat. It tells him to accelerate and grabs at the wheel. He joins Beast in the front seat and tells him he's a friend. The Phalanx bitch is able to get in front of the Jeep. The new Phalanx warlock grabs Beast and sprouts wings to fly them to safety. I was getting so,
1: like... Oh my god! <laughs> like there's no reprieve ever. It's like just it's everywhere. It's like this is the Terminator. I to get you, like. <laughs> yeah. I was like so like thumping in my seat. And
0: well, so, it's, yeah, it's funny was... you say that too, because um, if you remember, the creators collectively were a big fan of the Terminator, and that's what made them do the Out of the Past episode. <laughs> or not Out of the Past. Yeah, um, that's true. What's that one called? Um, one Man's Worth. When that is was it the yeah. That was the inspiration.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Twelve. Mm-hmm. As they saw through the air, Beast calls for introductions. <laughs> Warlock introduces himself as Warlock. But it's not my name. That's not my name. <laughs> That's not my name. <laughs> um, it's not a name, it's a title and tells Beast he is from an alien species called the phalanx. 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 Phalanx? Phalanx. Phalanx. (laughs) (laughs) They live 37.5 light years away from Earth. He tells Beast that the phalanx assimilates with everything it can, and what it can't assimilate with, it destroys. Him and his life mate didn't like the destroying part, so they ran, but but their ship crash landed on Earth. He looked for his life mate, but ran scared when scientists came and were studying her.
0: (sighs) So I didn't know this for a long time because I first got introduced to the X-Men phalanx. Um, Well, first off, when I was young, I used to call them the phalanx, which I added a few uh, (laughs) syllables there. Yeah, (laughs) But what it actually means is a body of heavily armed infantry in ancient Greece formed in close, deep ranks and files. So, I'm not really sure why they chose this for the name of the species, but it's pretty cool. I like the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed. I thought it was so cute. When Warlock is acting like a backpack to Beast and sprouts the wings, like, his hand turns into such a little baby hand for the strap. (laughs) It's so cute. It's so cute. (laughs) It's got, like... So, it's like... It's got like three fingers and a thumb and it's like tiny. It's so cute. <laughs> so it's like Kristen Wig with her little bubbles popping the bubbles. Yeah. And um I thought this was cool attention to detail. Did you notice the trucks at the um, site of the crash? Our crash. Yeah, the calamari trucks again? Yeah, they were just calamari. So apparently these are like undercover government trucks, like hiding the alien craft which i'm like that's really funny that we're covering this now in the midst of all these like government like cover-ups like all these governments are coming out <laughs> saying we've had aliens for years buddy <laughs> <laughs> but what happens if someone comes in it's like i like some calamari please <laughs> like, is this it's a brutal. food truck or what <laughs> well you can't order from the truck they're just transporting kevin cheese oh okay. oh okay oh my god okay I know I'm spoiled with these food trucks everywhere. (laughs) No, I know. I know. I think, like, yeah, by today's standards, that would happen. People would be like, are you a food truck? (laughs) Because we're so used to them now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Continuing his story in the present, Warlock warns Beast that the phalanx followed them there, and now Earth will be lost as well. Beast tells Warlock that the Earth is not lost yet and directs Warlock to land. Warlock reveals that the phalanx bitch is his life mate but she has been assimilated and changed beyond recognition. Beast agrees to help free her, but first wants to take a selfie and then study Warlock's anatomy. They head towards a lab. All right. Follow me up to the lab, and we'll see what's on this little lab. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, they have gold shorts and blonde hair. Oh, okay. (laughs) I just decided last night because we're seeing like a production of, or not a production, but like a a movie showing of it on the twenty eighth. So I'm going to dress like Eddie because I already have most of those clothes anyway. (laughs) I just need to do blood on my forehead.
1: (laughs) 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 All right, I like it. On the way to the lab, Beast asks, <laughs> "Beast asks Warlock to slip into something more comfortable." Oh, here's a dog. Oh. Oh. And Warlock
0: takes the form. <laughs> What's wrong? Okay.
1: And Warlock takes the form of a scientist. It's like this better. I'm a human. Mm. <laughs> as as Beast studies the alien anatomy, well then, oh giggity, he notices that it is something. I've lost Kevin. (laughs) I cannot get through this. I know, okay. He notices that it assimilates metals almost instantly, but with human tissue quickly. (laughs) Stomach! But mutant tissue seems immune. Warlock asks to reassimilate his test sample, which gives Beast an idea. Warlock and the rest of us are confused when Beast realizes the rate of assimilation is related to objects electroconductivity. 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 He's like, do that again. He's like, I can peel myself off and then put it back in my body. (laughs) 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 So basically, it can travel quickly along anything that conducts electricity.
0: There you go. There you go. <laughs> so that's why, like, she grabbed the <laughs> the metal on the side and, like, appeared in front of the Jeep earlier. Yeah. Which, by the way, I forgot to say, in that scene, I feel like that Jeep was driving forever, and then it just barely got to the front of the school. It's like, how big is this fucking school supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. All right. Beast calls President Kelly at his private Phone. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly asked for his location and says he'll send a copter to pick them up on the roof. Warlock points out that the president knew there were two of them, and they didn't tell him that. Just then, electricity runs through the wires to the fuse box and out pops the phalanx bitch. But Beast and Warlock have already escaped to the roof. It doesn't see them and keeps looking. So... Were you surprised by this or were you on to President Kelly before it was revealed?
1: I was watching it and I was suspicious, but I wasn't completely sure. I was just like, I'm like, mm, you're like you like, better walk because because they say like you can travel through light. I'm like, you got you can't trust anyone. It could be anyone. And so the fa- and then when he started saying stuff like, oh, I'm like, oh, I bet you, I bet you.
0: And then yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, the minute so, he's like, Where are you? I'm like, oh girl, don't tell her. Yeah, don't tell her. <laughs> I know.
1: I'm like, you can you can I mean you can still like try to arrange a meeting, but don't be so give happy with the details, cause you don't you can't trust people right
0: now. <laughs> so is this out of character for Beast or is it just like ignorance because he doesn't fully comprehend the scope? I think because Beast is very smart, but I think he trusts
1: the president so much he he was certain for sure that it would be an ally and he didn't even think about that even it's cuz for me they mentioned it right before the phone call so i was ahead in my brain but beast didn't think about it i guess he was just like i need a friend <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i'd agree cuz i did have that thought like is it out of character but the fact that beast doesn't understand the scope of how much it right. can like get to people right away and he does trust the president. So yeah, I think it's, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. All right. On the
1: roof. Beast is de- desperate to figure out who got, who to go to for help. Yes. Cause everyone's like being taken. He's a doctor of organics. That's a scientist of inorganics. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That Star Trek reference is for you, Ryan Terry, friend of the pod, because I did not get that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was trying to go just for, then, I'm a doctor, not a scientist, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I tried, Ryan. Just I tried.
1: You <laughs> tried. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's close enough, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just then Beast has an idea. He knows just who to turn to. Warlock warns him to be careful. Send in transmission because there's all the peoples. Mm -hmm. It could be anyone. Beast sends it it through different relays to reach Beast sends it through different relays to reach Forge. Forge agrees to meet in one hour. Beast tells him to trust no one. Not even me.
0: Oh, (laughs) How excited were you that Forge
1: gets involved? I was excited. I do like me some Forge. Although I'm like, oh but you're also like i mean this could go either way i was like you're kind of medley
0: yeah (laughs) kind of technically
1: (laughs) so i'm like are you i was like are you susceptible i kept thinking this is my brain so (laughs) yeah he does have big technicals
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah technical me (laughs) forage wow (laughs) all right beast turns back to warlock he asks warlock that if he can still sense his life mate can he sense if forge is compromised or as most people say (laughs) compromised warlock (laughs) says yes but only in person the two head out to meet forge and beast is like that's inconvenient but yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) thanks for nothing (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> there's a thirty percent chance I can um, sense it's raining, but only if it's actually raining or already raining. <laughs> oh, me, you,
1: okay. At an assimilated Empire State Building, we hear an ominous voice. Cameron Hodge has been assimilated, and he's talk- talking to a fucked up pillar of wavy heads. <laughs> Nightmare inducing. <laughs> I'm like, ew! I was just like, this is so gross. I like, always like this is like this is like taking the wheelers mixed with mombi heads and fusing them together. I'm like, it,
0: and- <laughs> it reminds me more of something out of like Nightmare on Elm Street, because they did a lot of weird oh, stuff yeah, with heads right. like that. Yeah, I yeah, I did not like this. <laughs> um the two plant something with the
1: spire, but apparently assimilated mutants will speed up the process immensely.
0: Then the phalanx can, then the phalanx can overtake the earth as well. So, Kevin, do you remember Mr. Cameron Hodge?
1: Was he the one um, that was doing the power dampening collars, or was that
0: somebody else? He was good memory. He was involved in that. So he was in uh, Enter Magneto is when we first saw him, and that's when he is Beast lawyer. And then, oh, see, yeah, evil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, and then that. we yeah. saw him on Slave Island, where it turns out he was one of the yeah. uh, collaborators for the Callers. And now we see him again in the Failings Covenant. So he's becoming like kind of a recurring villain.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad my memory. Ooh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and what I like about this, because we talked about it before, and we'll talk about it again next week, because uh, I already know who our. Person of the week is going to be. <laughs> but um, Cameron Hodge, this is really how he's like. He um, was working with the mutants. Like he was uh, Archangel's lawyer for a while. And then he betrayed yeah. Archangel, which we'll learn more about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's all like insidious, like trying to get on their side, but really working against them. I don't like that. No. But you that's don't... like the best villain, though, because it makes us hate them right away. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, nineteen, right? Yeah, yeah. Beast and Warlock hide around a corner as Warlock studies Forge. He deems Forge to be organic. A cloaked figure with pale skin and glowing red eyes walks by Beast and Warlock, dressed as a scientist, as they enter the restaurant to meet Forge. It was Beautiful. definitely not Mister star. It's definitely not. And I, him. And I love, I love Beast is like, oh, oh, okay, well, <laughs> like, like, okay, walk along, just like, okay. You know what's funny is from the back, I was like, huh, that's going to be someone. They're probably going to be really cool. And then from the front, I was like, oh, it's just an hysteria. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, oh, I will say this. I'm not as good about recalling the season five episodes. Like these are, okay. I mean, I remember them generally, but I don't remember them like I do season one through four. So that's why it's a little okay. bit of a new journey for me with these. Yeah. <laughs> Forge and Quicksilver are enjoying lunch in full geesh. (laughs) Beast and Warlock move to join them. Beast fills them in on the whole story over coffee.
1: (laughs) All right. And then after story time, he's like, I got to tell you. Then he's like, quick, cut. Okay, now you know. Forge, (laughs) Forge defends Beast's story. He's like, oh, yes. A mob appears at the front door as proof of his story. He's like, see? (laughs) (laughs) Beast has Warlock take his natural shape and assimilate a fork. Look at that! I'm proving it to you more, see? (laughs) Yep. Forge notices the mob outside have technicals. Beast asks the waitress if there is another exit, and she's like, uh, there is no (laughs) exit! (laughs) <laughs> like like, her, her voice sounds very... Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> and she, turns into, as she turns into the failing spinch and attacks. Rude. She assimilates Forge's leg off. Yeah, she's like, I will get you. And, like I, was like, I the metal I like, but I don't like the other parts. So yeah. I'll eat this leg. You're gross. <laughs> and then it's like, no leg for you. And then Warlock's life... Oh, it's Warlock's life mate. She's like, ah. She's like, Warlock, oh. I was like, no. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: oh, she regains herself momentarily, but then reassimilates. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like a possession. I'll have to look at this, but I don't remember Warlock having a life mate. I think this was just for these episodes. Okay, and like, I mean, I got into the end. Like,
1: he doesn't. Call, she's like Warlock. He's like life mate, life mate. Like, she really has no name. I, I guess he doesn't have a name either. But it just seems weird that
0: she'll say call him something and he she doesn't have anything. I think it's partly because they are like a hive mind. They don't really call each other things. Um, And Warlock is known for his fun way of speaking. Like he'll say friend Doug or Doug friend or life friend Doug. Like he doesn't understand like proper nouns, I guess. So he puts like, "Gotcha," yeah. So I actually, I think I like, did a really cool job with bringing him to life in this episode.
1: Okay, cool. It's like when I go to the Indian restaurant. She goes, "Thank you, please." <laughs> <laughs> after every time, every time you order, i was like, "Thank you, please." I'm
0: like, "Oh, okay, cute. You're welcome, please." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they
1: do, they say that.
0: Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> the four friends escape, and Beast blows up the door behind them. Quicksilver runs off to get the van, despite Forge telling him not to. Forge tells Warlock to leave him behind, but Warlock changes into a leg and attaches to Forge. (laughs) (laughs) A little ways off, Quicksilver jumps in the van, but it is a phalanx in disguise. It nabs him. He's a dumbass. Forge and Beast run into the cloaked man who is not sinister. He reveals himself to be sinister. He yells... (laughs) Get, get down! Pull it up cyclops! I was like, oh, there we go. I know. I <laughs> I was so excited. It's so funny <laughs> to me that every single interview in that book, every single person was like, we were always making fun of um, Norm Spencer for yelling, get down. And I'm like, but he, he only said it like, like once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, maybe. So people just were misremembering. Yeah. Yeah. And blast the phalanx, saving Beast and Forge. Sinister calls on his ship, which comes to save them. Beast long-windedly says that they should trust Sinister for now, and they join him on the goth jet. (laughs) Um, Did you know Sinister's gloves? Did you notice they were red? I didn't even think about that, but cool. Well, I'm that gay. I I noticed. I was like, they're red, and it looks better red. I like it better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hand-dancing, sparkle hands
0: you're turning me on spirit spirit fingers
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) aboard the jet Senator tells them the phalanx took everything from him Beast calculates that 76% of Earth will be assimilated in four days Forge tells them since the phalanx is sentient it will be much faster than that Beast argues that it seems the phalanx only has a limited radius it could control and would need an antennae of some sort Senator points out like that, the Empire State Building, which seems like a pretty good assimilated antenna device. Yeah, yeah. that would do it.
0: <laughs> cool, so that's our episode. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. So I wanted to give a little bit of background. And luckily, um, the Failing's Covenant comics is broken up into three parts. So I'm just going to kind of cover some of it so you get an idea of like, how it's different i mean obviously the first biggest thing is warlock is dead at this point in the comics so he wasn't part of the phalanx covenant he just caused it indirectly (laughs) um so phalanx covenant ran from september 1994 to october 1994 and it was in three parts so generation next was the first part it was uncanny x-men 316 and 317 And X-Men 36 and 37. The second part was Life Signs, which was Excalibur 82, X-Factor 106, and X-Force 38. And the last part was Final Sanction, which was Cable 16 and Wolverine 85. They picked a lot in there. Yeah, they did. So, I don't know. Do you you think I should get your rating first before I muddy it with more details? Let's do that. I'm going to get your rating. Sure, okay. What do you think of this episode?
1: <laughs> I extremed it. I was, like, so shocked and, like, in it and, like, the drama and the, the, the threats. Like, this was, this was a like, a very real threat and a very, like, scary, like, more than anything we've seen before, I think, to me.
0: Okay. So, so yeah. for me, I think, I'm going to be honest, I think I'm just kind of a little jaded because of the comic to show comparison and it's hard to separate them. So I gave it expected because it is very actiony, but I don't know something about it. I think could have been better, but I will (laughs) tell you this, Kevin, this is Eric Lewald's favorite two episodes of the series. Oh, wow. He loves the dynamic of beast and warlock. He loves the dynamic of like warlock and his life mate. He thinks there's a lot of like, sentimental and like drama effects for these. So yeah, there you go. (laughs) Cool. So just to give a little bit of context where this takes place in the comics. So Emma has just lost her Massachusetts Academy. Her hellions have all been killed by Fitzroy, who remember from earlier in the show. Oh yes. With a sexy outfit. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes into like a psychic coma in order to kind of like deal with the pain she indirectly like trades bodies with Iceman and like gets stuck in his body, Iceman in her body, which, I mean, every gay guy's dream. I would love to be Emma for a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the so, things I could do. <laughs> right? <laughs> so she's in the infirmary at the X-Mansion because she's not doing well. And this actually the story actually centers mostly around Banshee, of all people. So Banshee comes to the X-Mansion, and he just feels like everything's off. And Emma's in the room like, dude, something's not right here. So he goes and he checks on Sabretooth, who's also captured. And then he goes and he sees Psylocke, and she's just not herself. And Gambit and Bishop are there. They're, not, they're acting weird. So he goes to Cerebro, and Cerebro tells him there's only four mutants present on the grounds. Uh, Sabretooth, Emma, Jubilee, and himself. So that's how he's like, oh, shit, something's really wrong. Uh. And then he's attacked by Rogue, and he screams her to death, and she, like, comes apart mm. all metally because it's the phalanx in disguise. So uh. the first part of the story that we kind of get in this episode is all based around uh, Banshee, Emma, Jubilee, and Sabertooth teaming up against basically everything that's getting taken over. And uh, they learn that the phalanx are targeting young mutants with strong powers. So they go on a mission to save those mutants who turn out to be the Generation X mutants. So this is like how Generation X comes to be. Okay. So I just feel like the comic, I know it's one of those things. I know they can't bring that to life in regards to this show because there's so much like history and stuff they'd have to lead up to. But it's still, I don't know. The show, I think, almost simplified it a little too much for me. (laughs) But um, I do appreciate, like I said, how they brought in Sabretooth to the the beginning. They brought in, like, Sinister to kind of replace Emma or Sabretooth. Like, they did a good job of translating it, but I just want a little bit more. Yeah. That's my rant. I get that. (laughs) Okay. And I'll talk more about the other two parts, life science and final sanction, next episode cuz they kind of go over them then. Nice. Who would you say is the MXP?
1: I mean, if I didn't make it obvious, it's Beast. Oh my gosh, I love him. He's so sexy. He's so he's so proficient and so
0: smart and so good. He's doing stuff <laughs> yeah he's the one who kind of like gets everybody together like without him he would have been right. captured yeah yeah so i went slightly different i actually said mr sinister only because okay like he saves them at the last second like without him they would have got caught at the restaurant that's true his jet and like saves them all he's, he's had the experience already kind yeah. of in a way you know mm-hmm but yeah, I think without those two, like the Phalanx would have won for sure. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the X Factor?
1: This was a little tricky for me because to me this was almost unlike X Men in a way. Because I mean, I wasn't as familiar with the Phalanx stuff in the comics and stuff. So it was like this is way different than stuff we've seen before. It was very zombie apocalypse, you know. <laughs> like Yeah. This is crazy. So, and there's there's very little powers used by mutants in this, in this episode anyway. True. I was like, oh, it's mostly just running around. Um, So I guess the
0: X-Men, X-Factor would be new aliens. (laughs) Yeah, that's mine. The introduction of the phalanx, uh, the phalanx. No, (laughs) Um, because uh, they do become a big part in the comics. They actually cause the second annihilation wave where they're basically like trying to take over the universe. So they are big characters, and especially Warlock is kind of a mainstay in the comics. He's kind of like Dazzler in that he's kind of famous if you know the comics, but if you don't, you may yeah. have just heard of him here and there. So pretty pretty exciting stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: I did want to touch on, I forgot you reminded me, I did find it a little jarring with like, the look and feel of X-Men being so bright and colorful and then having like the phalanx scary stuff in so there, it doesn't really fit. Yeah. 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 But the, the way they portray the phalanx is exactly how it looks in the comics. So it looks good. It's just kind of funny to mix the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's your question of the day. This is for all the comic fans out there. So which other event do you want to see adapted for the cartoon? Do you want to see Inferno, where Madeline Pryor goes crazy and wants to sacrifice Baby Cable to the devil and brings up all the demons? (laughs) Do you want to see Age of Apocalypse, where Legion goes back to the past and accidentally kills Xavier and sets forth a new future where Apocalypse reigns, which I know we kind of saw a little bit. Do you want to see Avengers versus X-Men where Tony Stark accidentally oh. makes the Phoenix split into five X-Men and then the Avengers and the X-Men fight over the not agreed upon power of the Phoenix? Hope. Yeah. Or do you want to see, speaking of Hope, do you want to see Messiah Complex where the mutants, oh. um, the mutants are dwindling yeah. and baby Hope is born. Scarlet Witch? Yeah, because of Scarlet Witch. Oh, my gosh. And I know things. Are... I know comic book you things. Do.
1: <laughs> so, like, you like I, I thought you were going to say a bunch of stuff that I have no idea what they are. I'm like, I know, like, a bunch of these. So, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it also makes it very difficult because, like, I know things. I'm like, oh. <laughs> all right. This is very tricky for me. I don't know how I'm going to decide. Okay, let me make it down. Okay. Age of Apocalypse because Age of Apocalypse we get all that crazy future stuff we get long hair Cyclops we get some Nate Gray like that's exciting get his little X-Man tattoo oh I love that um, let's see uh, and we got uh, Avengers versus X-Men you said yeah and that's super cool because we get the Phoenix Five and I, I, I everything's related to Cyclops to me but I love Cyclops <laughs> outfit in that and it's like, it's like, it's like and then he kills Professor Xavier oops spoiler um, and then oh my gosh um what's the other one said, oh yeah I said Messiah Complex oh okay
0: and Inferno <laughs> Inferno's your other one.
1: Okay. Oh yeah Inferno I'm not gonna say that one but <laughs> <laughs> um cause yeah I mean I mean we do need some Madeline Pryor love and some Goblin Queen stuff but she gets it's it gets very psycho crazy and that's like devil stuff uh, I don't know <laughs> um, but how can I decide how can I decide <sighs>
0: I still haven't decided either. It is really hard. You think, I know. I'll make such good stories this is super hard.
1: <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Um, mm, I'm going to eliminate Age of Apocalypse just because we did see some of it already. Okay, okay. Um, oh, let's, do, let's do Avengers versus X Men. Yeah. Okay. Because. Um, I think it's very fun. I like to see it's kind of like a civil war in a way within these two realms, mm-hmm. um, and I do like to see this how this Phoenix Force is distributed is because it's different than I mean, be a, a new Phoenix adaptation that we haven't seen before. Instead of it's not just all Jean all the time, uh, yeah. We get some Nemore in there. Oh, we get you know all these things, and yeah, and. Cyclops goes a little crazy, and I mean, I mean, yeah, he's not. I don't know. I like it, and then this isn't that where the whole Cyclops was right stuff started.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, so yeah, I'm gonna go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think that came out of this because when Cyclops escapes from prison, he has magic escape him from prison, and he yeah. starts basically being Magneto, where he's like teleports places and saves mutants from human, and I think that's where cyclops was right comes from i believe
1: yeah
0: yeah and then magneto is wow left. i feel so knowledgeable <laughs> you make me feel smart you're welcome <laughs> for asking you <me> this question <laughs> um i think i finally landed on mine just because i love the story so much and i think it would really fit into like if if i imagine where i think x197 is going i think it would make a good season two i think it's going to be a messiah complex for me okay yeah that's another good one if madeline Pryor is being introduced in season one we're probably going to get inferno or something like it so then messiah complex especially because it highlights mr sinister because like it's basically mr sinister versus the x-men trying to get to hope and i just love that story i don't know why (laughs) cool Cool. okay i have this um game called marvel legendary that like i i love i have like no joke, like twenty six expansions for it. We need to play it someday. But one of okay. the um, one of the gameplays is capture baby hope. So like it's really fun because you get a little token that represents baby hope, and like the whole thing is you have to make sure you're in possession of baby hope and not the villains when a certain card comes <laughs> up, or else it works against you and you can lose. So it's really oh, how, how fun! <laughs> you would love Legendary. It's so good. I would. <laughs> All right, so that's it. Uh, next week is The Phalanx Covenant Part 2. So where do you feel yeah. the story could go?
1: Okay, so we're pretending like I didn't watch it already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Shh, we're not doing I two thi- episodes back-to-back. Back.
1: <laughs> no, sure. Shush, 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 Uh <laughs> I'm thinking, like, this is going to have to be a fight of all fights, they're gonna maybe have to find some more allies and find a way to save the world. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, good. You guessed right because you already saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this episode. Where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me at
1: my personal Instagram, K-J-E-E-Z-Y-87. Or the other podcast that Sean and I are doing, Words of the Witches, on Instagram. That's all the places, to other places, but Instagram's where it's at, so find me there. <laughs> yeah!
0: And you can find me at Sean.Perrett on Instagram, or it might just be Sean Perrett. I think it's just Sean Perrette. And Perret is P-O-R-R-E-T-T. From there, you can find a link to my Threadless shop, my book on Amazon. You know what it's called, Witches for a Dream of Wakey. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.